Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Minutes with Mew presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri, joined alongside the one and only Scott Mutrin, former Boston College quarterback, now with Learfield and the BC Radio Broadcast. Scott will join us in a second. Uh, first, I'd like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you got to join the BC Football Gridiron Club. The season's over now, but they'll take you gladly for 2023. That's bcfootballgridiron.com. There's also going to be some spring events, I know, spring football game, uh, a lot going on. That's bcfootballgridiron.com. Okay, with that, we joined. Uh, we are joined by Scott Mutrin. Uh, BC, Boston College, played Syracuse last Saturday. They were ahead. Uh, and then the fourth quarter kind of collapsed a little bit. Lost thirty-two to twenty-three. BC falls to three and nine on the season. Two and six conference play. No bowl game. Season over. Scott, uh, I wish we could talk to you under better uh, circumstances. Uh, that was, you know, BC had that one up seventeen to six, and it just kind of turned around and for, not for the good for the Eagles. Yeah, it was it was a tough ending. Um... You know, by the time it it got to the end, there BC was you know held together on both sides with some um, a lot of duct tape and bubble gum to try to, to to throw enough guys out there offensively and defensively. Um, I think you got to be extremely encouraged by the start of BC. You know, the first three and a half, you know, three and a half quarters, for lack of a better term, they played um, exceptionally well on uh, defense. The, Rally to the ball, causing turnovers, very disruptive. Uh, kind of, you know, bottled Syracuse up. Syracuse had some big plays, but BC was able to kind of bow their necks defensively in the red zone. Um, and then just a crucial penalty against Donovan Ezeraku on third and eight and a late hit that, you know, Syracuse uh, quarterback Schrader threw the ball away and they, they had him stopped and then they call a late hit. And after that, the kind of dam broke. Uh, and the BC had a couple bad turnovers there that really hurt, which is kind of the the story of the season right there. Um, but you know, people can be discouraged by by the final part. I thought they played hard all the way through the end. Um, I thought the guys that were out there really gave gave a, a lot uh, of effort and played for each other. I'm sure a lot of the, you know, especially for those seniors, they were they were trying to send them off the right way, and unfortunately, it just as I said, the dam broke, and uh, and then they just weren't able to kind of to stop Syracuse anymore at that point, and uh, and and unfortunately end up on the wrong side of the scoreboard. Uh, Evan Moore had twenty nine for thirty eight, two hundred fifty two yards, two TDs. As a former QB yourself, how do you kind of grade out his performance and just his general stretch here in the second half of the season, getting a lot of playing time? Yeah, he made progress. You know, he hasn't played a lot of football. Um, I think you see that uh, in moments. Uh, if he has a clean pocket and he's able to deliver the football on time, he has he has a very dynamic arm. He's made he can make some every throw on the field. Um, he's not as mobile as or slippery as Phil 
Dracovic was or, you know, some of the quarterbacks around there. But he's a big guy that has a, a strong arm, and I think he learned a lot. I think he took a beating in that game, uh, but he kept getting up, and he finished the game. A lot of credit to that. You know, a bunch of times he's, uh, he's on the ground after taking some big shots, and he, he gutted himself through it. I think that shows a lot. That's a way to win a locker room um, as a quarterback. Um, you know, he still made some, some critical mistakes, uh, and that's awareness. Uh, you got to have your time and spatial awareness at that position. Have that in, you know, you hear it all the time when you watch football, that internal clock has got to just speed up a little bit. And uh, I think, you know, these last two games were a little bit of a struggle for them. Uh, you know, this wasn't Notre Dame at all. But uh, you can't have, you know, key turnovers from that position um, and expect to win, especially when you're down a lot of guys. So, um you know, to his credit, he battled. I think it's a learning experience, and, you know, hopefully he continues to grow from this. The only way you learn is to get out there and play and, and realize, um, you know, what's going on out there and how to, how to adjust and how to speed up your clock and, and just how to, uh, how to manage the game. Uh, I give him a lot of credit, and, uh, you know, I, I think the, the best thing you can say is you saw the best wide receiver that's come through B.C. in the last 50 years probably. Uh, finish his career out on a high note. He gets 200 catches on the year, over 3,000 yards for a career, and breaks uh, Telvin Martin's uh, touchdown record at BC. He's now got every record book record in the uh, BC receiving, um, you know, uh, history. So kudos to him. He was, uh, you know, from where he started to where he ended. He is a tough. He's a tough player that's really dynamic. Has ability to create a lot of space. Uh, he's very dynamic after the catch um, and just a very polished receiver. He really per- worked on his craft in his four years at BC and continued to improve and, you know, helps his stock going forward in the NFL. He doesn't um, he doesn't have the metrics of a lot of the big-time, you know, wide receivers out there. He's not the, not the biggest guy. He probably is not going to run like a 4-3, but he's really quick in space. He creates separation, which is something NFL teams look for, and he's got strong hands. Um, I give him a lot of credit for the hard work he put in to improve uh, in his four years at BC, and he deserves all the accolades he gets for all the records in which he broke um, at Boston College, and uh, I you know, wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, 29 uh, total reception, TD reception in his career. As you mentioned, you know, vir- virtually every record wide receiver for Zay Flowers. Um, and, you know, Scott, I give him credit, too. This is a tough year, senior year, came back. But there's no question he had a full effort down the stretch of the season. Uh, even one of the games, you know, you, you couldn't qualify for a bowl game, not, not much to play for. But uh, Zay was always uh, gave it 100%. Yeah, and I think that that doesn't go unnoticed to, uh, to NFL teams. Like, yeah, the numbers and stuff matters, but – He's out there playing for a fourth win on the season. That's not going to send him to a bowl. It's his last game. Could have easily just, you know, hung it up and just said, I'm good with where I'm at. I'm going to work on my NFL career. And he played, you know, through the last snap. Uh, that's a lot. That says a lot. He played for his teammates. Um, you know, he played very hard. He didn't quit. And that, that goes a long way. It's easy to fold up tent nowadays and just say, hey, I'm going to go get ready for the NFL. He didn't do that. And that says a lot to his teammates. The respect he showed them, the respect he showed the game um, is something that uh, a lot of these young guys can learn from. Okay. I'd like to also get your take on Phil. I know he could come back for another year. Do you think he will, Phil Jakovic, I'm talking about, with BC? Will we see him, or is his career over with Boston College? 
I don't know. I mean, I don't have any insight to that. But, you know, with him coming out for senior day and, and all that, he does have another year. Sure, he's got to weigh his options as to what's best for him, whether that's back in the NFL waters, whether that's staying at Boston College, whether that's going somewhere else where he can rebound from this in these last two years, which have been tough for him injury-wise. Um, you know, you feel bad. Phil came on board and did a great job at Boston College and showed a lot of heart um, and leadership. Uh, this year wasn't what he expected. Uh, he had to go through a lot there, growing pains with a new offensive line at the beginning of the year. And, uh, you know, in the end, he's got to do what's best for him. I wish him, you know, nothing but the best. He's a, you know, a great a great kid with a great family, and he's got to, uh, you know, weigh his options uh, as to what's best for him at this point. He's done a lot, and, um, you know, unfortunately this year did not turn out um, as he wanted. And also, too, big picture, I know you talked to Coach Halfley after the game, obviously a tough fourth quarter. Just give some BC fans some insights kind of behind the scenes. Uh, what was he like afterwards, and how do you think he's kind of evaluating this whole situation this season? Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch to throw in on this. Um, one, like in the secondary, you're looking at the end of the game and you have a lot of freshmen out there. They didn't have anybody left in the secondary. You were down Elijah Jones going into the game. Josh DeBerry was out with injury. Uh, then you lose C.J. Burton in the, uh, I, I believe it was the end of the first half. Um, so you were playing with a lot of young guys out there and doing their best. A couple of the touchdowns are, you know, you had a true freshman out there playing some really good wide receivers from Syracuse, and they just weren't able to, to hold it together. Um, that's just, you know, injuries are a part of the game. That's what happened. No one feels sorry for you, but you're down a lot of guys there. But you saw some encouraging, uh, you know, and some encouraging moments. Donovan Azaraku did have a, you know, a tough penalty against him in the, in the fourth quarter, but he also had three sacks. He was dynamic. He was a force. He had a great year as a sophomore and a young sophomore. I think he's 18 years old. Um, he played really hard. There's some there's some encouraging signs there. Um, I do think that uh, there's a lot out there. You know, you, you see it on social media about you know BC throwing punches after the game and whatever happened there at the end. But um, you know, Jeff Halfley made. You know, he's disappointed that they just couldn't finish out the way he wanted. Um, I do think he was he was bummed out about that. Some of the stuff I'm you know, not going to share, but in my from what he said, but in my opinion, um, I give BC a lot of credit on, on a bunch of things. They showed a lot of fight. Um, I thought the way Syracuse acted at the end of that game was completely inappropriate, and it was going on the entire game behind the scenes. Um, I think if you weren't at the game, or if you weren't even if you were at the game and you were, weren't watching what was going on at the scrums. Um, at the end of the pile, there was a lot of a lot of plays after the whistle in which Syracuse was just frankly dirty, and BC took it most of the game, and they, they played with that fight and that energy. And then when Syracuse pulled away, they continued on with it. I mean, Syracuse had a lineman kicked out of the game for punching Marcus Valdez. Like it wasn't 
like after the whistle, late, behind the play, two punches thrown. Like, and to me, that's that just comes from the team. That comes from your leadership above. If you can't control your players and they're going to act that way, that's an indictment on your coach. Um, I thought that I thought that uh, you know at some point enough's enough, and then to walk out and and wave your flag and try to plant it in the middle of the field. Like I give the BC players a lot of credit. You, they they stood up for their school. They stood up for their teammates, and uh, I give them a lot of credit for doing that. They didn't just take it. I, I thought the way in which Syracuse acted throughout that entire game, throughout the entire game it was going on, thought is completely classless. I agree. If you want to, you know, if you want to stop a team and shut them up, you beat them on the field and you beat them on the scoreboard. 100% agree with that. And if you win and you get the right to, you know, pop, you know, uh, pop your chest up and 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 throw your, you know, your your bragging rights out there, totally get it. If you don't like it, beat them. I'm a firm believer in that. But there's also a way in which you play um, that is just a, a way in which I I just don't think is acceptable. Um, I give the credit, uh, the players credit for sticking up for their, their players and coaching staff. I mean, you can't have players in the other team pushing other coaches and throwing punches at coaches. Like, I, I mean, I may be a quarterback and soft, but if I ever saw that happen out there, I'd be right in the mix too. Um, that's unacceptable, disrespectful on so many levels. Um, I, I was just completely disappointed in, in the way in which they acted. Um, and if you want to – Blame BC players for not having enough composure to to stand up and and you know turn the other cheek. I say, why don't you come in a locker room and actually see what it's like and all the effort and um, blood, sweat, and tears that those players put into it. Um, if you, at some point, enough's enough. And to stand your ground and to not take it anymore is is more of a compliment to those players than it's an indictment. So, um, as a fan, as an alum, as a former player. Um, I love to see that fight, and I think BC has a lot to put in the tank for next year as to remember in the way in which they were disrespected by them and, frankly, some other teams. And I think that that's going to be something that the coaching staff going forward really emphasizes. Um, you know, remember how last year and what everyone did, and that's something to build on uh, with all the young guys that got a chance to play and uh, to, to remember that disrespect. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's that's the answer. You gotta follow the Syracuse game away for next year. Um, no doubt about it. They've now beat us though twice in a row at home, and it's Cuse in there. So you really got to load up. And you got to fire away uh, with them next year. Uh, just to clarify, what you said, uh, Coach got hit. That was Coach Halfley. You said by a punch from a Syracuse. I'm not sure if the TV cameras caught that. Yeah, the TV cameras didn't catch that. Uh, coach Hapley got pushed. Another coach on the staff got pushed by one of the Syracuse players. I'm not going to like really get into all the other, you know, I'm just going to say it was going on the whole game. I saw it. I was right there. I'm not blind to it. Um, people can say and have their opinions to, to what they, they want. TV cameras don't show you everything. I saw what I saw. I know what happened. I saw it going on the whole game. And frankly, if I was the coach of that team, I would be disappointed in my players instead of encouraging. Yep. So Syracuse is seven and five, four and four. So they will play in a bowl game. Be interested to see where they they go. Uh, BC though, three and nine, uh, two and eight. Excuse me, two and six of conference play. Scott, what's your just? Uh, I guess how are you going to walk away from this season? What are you th- going to think about when you think about two thousand two? Uh, excuse me, two thousand twenty two Boston College. 
Yeah, I think there's just a lot of disappointment. Uh, you know, you had some expectations with the skill guys coming back. You're bringing in an entire new offensive line. You get injuries at, at uh, crucial positions. The inability to really put an offensive line out there on a consistent basis. You put, you turn two defensive tackles in the offensive linemen during the year. Like, that's, they, they went through a lot. They had a lot of, they played a lot of young guys, 22 to 24 freshmen, redshirt freshmen played. I just think that um, it was a Murphy's Law. It's like everything that could go wrong did. And they just weren't able to weather the storm earlier in the year. I feel that Rutgers game kind of set them back because they were winning that football game and to lose it the way in which they did. Uh, it was disappointing, and it took them some time to recover from that. I, see, I saw progress. I saw them improving. I think you see some talent that's out there um, and the ability to um, – you know, to grow and build on. Uh, we'll just see, you know, hopefully Coach Hafley and staff, um, you know, they stay intact and they're able to bring in some uh, some other recruits this year and then continue to build upon the foundation of, uh, of what they have right now and maintain some of the, uh, you know, the talent that they, you know, that they have. There's some young guys to be uh, encouraged by that on both sides of the ball um, that will be, you know, sophomores and some juniors next year that it's something that you can uh, you can build upon for, for next year's team. Well, Scott, we thank you so much for joining us each week, week in and week out. And uh, like you said, there are a lot of young prospects, and you, you have to think the tie will turn as we head to 2023. But bottom line, Scott, thank you for joining us on the Minutes with Mew. We really appreciate it. Always appreciate your insights and listening and following to you on the broadcast as well. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. And I know, like, today was a little more, uh, I actually took a stance more than kind of just toeing the line a little bit there. But I think there's just a lot of misinformation and other stuff that's out there that you felt that you needed to to address. Um, and uh, I felt that I needed to just say that, especially at the end of the year. Uh, but I think you got to be proud of, you know, the way in which they fought the entire year. They didn't, they didn't lay down and die, and I give them a lot of credit for doing that and hopefully that's something that they can build on going forward the season actually kind of flew by so um it's crazy that it's, a, it's over already but uh you know time to uh start looking forward to to next year and uh where the, the program's headed all right scott thank you so much for the time appreciate it thanks mike chestnut hill technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the boston area and owned by bc alum CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.